0: G'day Troy Dean from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 63 of the WP Elevation podcast. The podcast where we try our best to help WordPress consultants elevate their business so that they can run successful profitable businesses as WordPress consultants because it's fun. Uh, In this episode, our feature guest is Marcus Sheridan from The Sales Lion. Marcus wanted to be a dentist when he was a kid. He grew up to be a pool guy Now he travels the world teaching businesses about content marketing and inbound, and in his words, helping them become the best teachers and educators and communicators that they can. It's a fascinating story. Marcus has got a lot of energy. He moves at 100 miles an hour. I learned a lot in this episode. Uh, He's here to politely kick our butt when it comes to content marketing and publishing uh, and being open and transparent and honest, and he's got some great advice about how to get paid premium rates and how to manage client relationships. It's a fantastic episode. And we're giving away a copy of Jay Bear's brand new book, Utility, which um, uh, stick around for details on how you can win that, how you can enter the draw to win that competition a little bit later on. But it, the, the funny thing is, yesterday I interviewed Greg Taylor from Marketing Press, who partnered with Jay Bear to build Jay Bear's new website and the Convince and Convert blog, which Content Marketing Institute have referred to as the number one content marketing blog in the world. And, uh, and now this, today, I'm interviewing um, Marcus Sheridan, and I said to him, hey, what do you think we should give away as a prize? And he said, I think we should give away Jay Bear's book, Utility. And I'm like, wow, man, the, the planets are aligning. It's a very small world. So there's lots of good stuff in this episode. And the, the thing about... What you'll learn in this episode, not only about content marketing, you can apply it to your own business in terms of helping you generate leads and generating new clients. But you can teach this stuff to your clients. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're learning stuff on this podcast that you can then turn around and teach to your clients because it will help you differentiate yourself. There's a great metric in this interview. Marcus talks about one blog post they wrote which has generated two and a half million dollars in revenue for the pool business. And they know that because they track it using advanced analytics from HubSpot. This is a great episode. Stay with us, let's Elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast of course is brought to you by video user manuals as they all are these days. It is the plugin that you can install in your client's WordPress websites to teach them how to use WordPress so that you don't have to teach them how to use it. We put about 75 video tutorials in the back end of your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress as an editor, how to use SEO by Yoast, how to use WooCommerce, and how to even set up and read their Google Analytics reports. Pretty cool. Those videos come courtesy of Justin Catroni at Google who is Analytics Advocate and he's very kindly given us those videos to use in our plugin. Uh, So you can put your own logo on it, you can turn off videos, you can add your own custom videos for custom post types or any other custom functionality. You can rebrand it, make it your own. It's really awesome, actually. Um, The more I think about it, this plugin's been around since 2008. We've been developing it for that long and uh, it just keeps going from strength to strength. We're very proud of it. And it also now comes with short codes that you can use to embed the videos on your membership website so you can actually charge access to your membership website, and just use our videos for your content. There you go, it's a gift. Actually it's not, it's a dollar for your first month, and then I think it's $24 a month after that to install on all your client sites. Not per domain, 24 bucks a month, and install it on all of your client sites. Flat fee, it's ridiculous. Check it out at wpelevation.com VUM, or just go to videousermanuals.com and have a look at our funny characters. Have a look at Manuel, our mascot. And there are some other characters there, Ricardo, Stoppard, Faustina, and Rwanda. You figure it out. Uh, Videousermanuals.com. Elevation tip of the week this week is publish content with zero expectation of engagement. In other words, don't publish content to get comments, don't publish content to get likes or retweets. I'm guilty of this. I publish content thinking, wouldn't it be great if people like it and leave comments? Just publish content because A, it helps you get clearer about your opinions and your thoughts on, on things. And B, it's just good for attracting clients and attracting business. So just publish content without any expectation of the result or the outcome. I learned that from our, well actually I learned that from Bill Ballou, but I also learned that from our guest. It might seem pretty obvious, but I, we, all have, we all have egos, let's call a spade a spade. The other thing I learned from our guest this week, Marcus Sheridan, is... Uh, you know, talk about the the good, the bad and the ugly. You wanna get paid better fees? Talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. Be honest and be transparent and talk about the elephant in the room. This is a fascinating episode. It's short, it is packed full of content. Uh, Strap yourself in, enjoy the ride. Let's go and meet Marcus Sheridan. G'day Troy Dean from WP Elevation and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from the US of A, Marcus Sheridan. Hey Marcus, how you doing? What's up, man?
1: Excited to uh, excited to be here tonight. It's a pleasure. I love talking to to the other side of the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's I know it's it freaks me out every time I do one of these things. It's like it's kind of weird. I was just thinking before I just get to have these awesome conversations on Skype with people all over the world, and I record them and put them up on a podcast. It's bizarre.
1: It's bizarre and it's beautiful every stinking day, Troy. I give thanks to the above for the fact that I was born in the digital age. And that, you know, I can I can essentially have a virtual company and work from anywhere in the world and provide value to companies wherever I am. It's amazing, it's unbelievable. And here's the cool thing, we're just getting started. Yeah. So-
0: None of us, I think, have really any idea where this is all headed. I know. Right on. It's awesome. I love it. Um, now, for those that don't know, you are known as the sales line. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk a lot about inbound marketing, HubSpot, the web. We're going to get into all of that. But first of all, uh, we are giving away a copy of Jay Bear's new book, Utility, which Marcus actually wrote the foreword for. So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. Hey, Marcus, before we start geeking off about digital marketing, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Um a dentist. Oh really? I, I kid you not. Wow. I saw that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it's Christmas time of year. So this always my brother teases me to, to this day about this. Uh, I don't know if they show this this uh this film in, in, in Australia, but there's this uh Santa Claus um there's uh there's Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer is a Christmas special that they show every year here in the States, and one of the elves wanted to be a dentist. And I saw that when I was a kid. I was like, I want to be a dentist. And I had okay teeth. And that lasted about um, two or three years. But that wow. was originally what I wanted to be. Wow. Aren't you, aren't you glad that never panned out, huh? Dude, that would be today. I would be, I would, I tell you what, I'd have the most prolific dental blog in the whole world probably. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Hey, all due respect to dentists, I just happen to know that apparently like the highest rate of depression, dentists like are right up there with like, you know, they are just like not the happy dudes, man.
1: I didn't, I did not know that, man. Yeah, but I guess it gets to, I guess the redundancy becomes shock, just, just wears on the soul. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And uh, which is, a which is, you know, it's like you've got a lot of designers on your team, which makes it, well, excuse me, listeners, a lot of designers are listeners of your podcast. So, so the beauty of, they can constantly create new art, right? Whereas if you can't, if you're just, you know, doing the the same monotonous activity, even if you're getting paid really well for it, man, it gets old and unfulfilling.
0: Yeah, yeah. I imagine. I should try and get a dentist on the show and actually uh, ask them some of these questions. We got to prove that concept. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Hey, um, when did you discover the web? So like you, so you, so you kind of didn't pursue the dental thing. When did you discover the internet and realize that it wasn't just for, you know, gaming and recreation, that you could actually build something on the web, build a sustainable career? When did that first occur?
1: Well, you know, I started a swimming pool company in uh, 2001, where we install in-ground swimming pools throughout Virginia, Maryland. We specialize in fiberglass pools, actually, which is the number one type of residential pool in Australia. Yep. And that's really where the market was born in Australia. They're way more advanced, you guys down there, in terms of your fiberglass technology than we are in the States. And so um, we started this company, and then all of a sudden in 2008, the housing market collapsed. And I was on the brink of losing my business. I was on the brink of filing bankruptcy. Every consultant that I talked to said, Marcus, you need to file bankruptcy. I thought I was going to lose my home. My two business partners were going to lose their home. And this is, was what i had to do is i had to generate more traffic leads and sales than i'd ever done and i didn't have any money to do it wow. and i was really literally in a in in a state of depression and that was when i said to myself dude marcus look how you're using the internet and you need to figure this thing out and so i started reading and really where it started most for me was i went to hubspot's blog and a lot of your listeners of course know who hubspot is And started reading about these principles of inbound and content marketing. And you know what, Troy? This is what I said to myself. As I read all this technical jargon, I said, you know, what you're telling me is if I listen to the questions that prospects are asking me better than anybody else and then address them on my website better than anybody else, more prolifically than anybody else, I'm going to be successful. And so I embraced the philosophy of they ask, you answer, which became the core philosophy of my life and that is the philosophy that my digital marketing agency uses with every single client today which is if any customer has ever asked you a question about your industry it's your moral obligation to address it on your website and if not you are it's almost like they're walking into your office and they're saying to you hey Troy I got a question for you Could you answer it for me? And you say, sure, Marcus, I could answer it for you, but I'm not. If you could go down the street and ask my competitor, once you're done with him, go ahead and come on back, and then I'll answer it for you. make a long story short, we became the Wikipedia of swimming pools. And today, if you do any research whatsoever on a fiberglass swimming pool, you're going to read something that I wrote, and I did it every single night, late at night, over the course of two straight years. And now the website is the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. It gets 350,000 visitors a month. It's a very successful company. And it allowed me to start a complete other business where it started by me telling the story of river pools and what happened. And then other companies wanted me to teach them that same philosophy with their business. And it blew up into an agency. And now I travel the world and I speak about it. It was amazing. It all started because the economy... I'm so freaking grateful the economy... Blew up here in the United States because it changed my whole life.
0: Oh my God, that is one of the most inspirational stories I've heard on this podcast. That is worth the price of admission alone. That was <laughs> that is amazing, dude. It reminds me of it reminds me of this the episode I did with Bill Ballou who's this guy. He's like a sixty two year old blogger in in the Bay Area who now consults with like eBay on content marketing, and his philosophy is. It's all about quality, it's all about quantity, and it's all about persistence. You just can never quit. He's yep. like, you just have to be putting out content when everyone else is tired and falling over, you just keep going.
1: Yep. Well, that's exactly right. And you know what? It's it's funny to me, you hear a ton today about, you know, I hear some folks say, you're better off producing one great piece of content a month than a bunch of not great content. I'm like you know what, if you give me a choice, and if I come to a client, and a client says, "I on a scale of 1 to 10, I can produce one 10-level content, or I can produce 10 7-level pieces of content, I'm going to say, give me 7. Excuse me, give me the 7s all day long, mm. because the reality is, it is a numbers game, and I'm not saying it's not a quality game, mm. but what I have found kills most businesses, Troy, in this in this world of content marketing is this quest for perfection. Mm-hmm. They think they have to be perfect, they think it has to be amazing, they think it has to be awesome. You know what? I don't care about that. What I care about is that if you read it, the light bulb goes off and mm-hmm. you say, okay, now I understand the answer to my question, I understand the solution to my problem. That to me is the essence of great content and I can't stand the content police. All these folks that are out there crying foul on what is good, what is bad content. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, and I say this all the time, Choi, if I write an article today, and because I write that article, it helps me articulate my thoughts on it better when I go on a sales appointment tonight. Yep. And because I articulated my thoughts better when I go on that sales appointment, I close that deal when I wouldn't have. If nobody ever reads that article, was it a success or was it a failure? In my mind, that was a success. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. so but we're always hearing about. It's it's about everybody else. I'm telling you, it's a process, and I don't know when we forgot that we all have to learn and grow. If anybody looked at my blog, my content three four years ago, they'd be like, "Dude, man, that is terrible." <laughs> and I just said, "Yeah, it is terrible." But I look back on that; it was a great, it was the greatest time of my life because I overcame what was not natural to me because I'm not a natural writer.
0: Yeah, there's so much here I want to talk about. Um- before we get before we get stuck into the kind of the meat of this I just want to learn a little bit more about you um when, like so you started off as the as this pool guy right how yeah. how did how did how did that come about because because here's the thing first of all you mentioned the fiberglass pool I get this footage i get this super eight footage of like I think it was before I was born it was like 1971 or 72. And we were the first house in our street to get a swimming pool. And it was a fiberglass swimming pool. And I've got this that's, footage that dude, my mum put on DVD. That's an antique this, right This there. crane lifting the pool over the house and lowering it into the backyard, right? It's amazing. And I have so many fabulous memories of that pool when I was growing up. How did you get into the pool business? Well, nobody ever grows up saying, I want to be a pool guy. And
1: what happened was I was actually working for, it was like after college, a supplemental education company almost like a a learning center for youth. And it just wasn't a good fit for me, but I have a teacher's mentality. And so I went back home and I didn't have a job. And my two buddies had literally just opened a little retail swimming pool location where they're gonna sell pool chemicals, um, hot tubs, things like that. And they said, man, while you're looking for a job, do you wanna manage this place while we're out in the field putting in pools? I said, yeah, sure, until I find what I'm gonna do. And then that was, you know, six months in. They said, "Do you want to be a partner?" And, and the rest is history, right? Mm. And so I never realized that I was going to do that. And of course, you know, I remember when the when I became a pool guy, a family friend, I say friend, a, a family friend came up to to me one time and said, "So, Marcus, I heard you, um, I heard you're now a pool guy." And I said, "I said, yeah, I'm I'm one of the partners with this company." And she looked at me and she said. What a waste of potential. I can't believe that's what you're gonna do with your life. And of course, the pool guy story from a content marketing perspective, and I'm not trying to brag, it's just the truth. Yeah. It's been it's been talked about in more books and more publications than any singular content marketing story right now in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's almost like the Zappos, like Zappos is to customer service as the River Pool story is to, to content marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um well, how do, you des- how do you describe what thinking, like fast forwarding now to the agency now on the sales line, how do you describe what you do in one sentence? Because there's all this, the reason I ask this, I'm really curious about this, because a lot of people are scared of salesmen, right? And a lot of people think salesmen are a bit shifty. So when you, when you meet, and I know this because I've been in sales over the years, and I'm interested when you meet someone for the first time, how do you describe what you do in one sentence? And not have them kind of get a little bit icky about the fact that they're going to be sold something.
1: Yeah, well, when people say, what do you do? I say, I help businesses become the best teachers and communicators in the world that's at awesome. what they do. I
0: love that, man. Yeah.
1: Because ultimately, that's what we're talking about. And, and you know, and what, Joy, when you sh- when you strip away all these fancy words that we use, like, let's hypothetically say, and this is where I think a lot of developers screw up because they suffer from the curse of knowledge they have a particular vernacular that they think everybody understands. You know, Choi, I have taught 60 minute sessions on SEO before, and I've never said the phrase SEO one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't believe that that phrase is relevant to what search really is. Yeah. Search, for example, comes down to Google's obsession with giving the most specific answer to your specific question. Yep. That's the essence of search, right? That's where it's. Oh, that's where it's headed. And so if we couldn't use words like blogging, content marketing, social media marketing, inbound marketing, what would we really be saying? And in my mind what we what we'd be saying is listening, teaching, communicating and helping. Sounds cheesy to some people, but folks, that's going to be around forever. And that's why some people say, so you know, you hear a CEO says, "All right, but is this content marketing thing going to be around in 10 years?" I'm thinking to myself, What? Because if they ask that question, they don't understand what it is. Because to me, that's like saying, So, Marcus, do you think listening is going to be relevant to our business (laughs) in 10 years? Do you think it's going to be important that we can communicate how to solve your problems to our customers in 10 years? I mean, that's what we're saying here, but we've been using the wrong language. We go in, we say these things. It's all
0: whacked out, man. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, mate, you're preaching to the converted. What do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Obviously, you're not in the pool business anymore. For, with the content marketing agency, what do you actually, like, are you are you writing? Are you teaching? Are you managing people? Are you putting in processes? What do you actually spend most of your time doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a team that that uh, does a lot of this. But what I spend most of my time on, literally, is It's it's. I spend 60% of my time going around the world and speaking on this. uh, And and it's you know I used to think that I was talking about inbound marketing and content marketing. Then I realized, Marcus, you're talking about communication, and so now I'm really talking about that. But let me give you an example today, Troy. Today was on the agency side because I wasn't going somewhere speaking today, so I was doing the agency side of my business. And today we were helping someone develop the. They're in the process of developing the text for the pages of their new website. okay, And so what I was doing the whole time was teaching them the principles of how to engender immediate trust when you're producing a piece of content in such a way that makes the person say, yes, they're in it for me versus they're in it for them, Mm. right? So let me give you a really, really, really quick example of that. And because a lot of designers listen to this, I think this is relevant to it. And I love asking this question to to, um, audience members as well. So, like when you as a consumer go to a website, are you more concerned about your issues, needs, and problems, or are you more concerned about the company? <laughs> and of course, the answer is I'm more concerned about me. Yes, you, of course you are. So, if you look at homepage design, 99.9% of all homepages, the main headline and the main messaging is about who? And of course, it's about the company, right? And so, like with this person, I was helping her come up with a headline statement that is about the, ser- about the reader, the visitor, the searcher because it's all about them. It ain't about the company, not at least on the homepage. So yeah. that's what I do, man.
0: Wow, awesome. It sounds like fun. Um, how do you, uh, what's, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business?
1: Um, I think the one thing that scares, so there's a couple of different things. Number one, I want to make sure I stay ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I don't want to be that guy that's preaching the same message 10 years from now. It might be built on the same principles, but I want it to be, I want to be forward thinking and I don't want to get left behind. That's number one. Um, number two, I am driven by, I want to see my clients make millions of dollars additionally in revenue. From what they do with their website, and specifically the content that they produce, and I mean when I say millions, I expect every client to make additional millions of dollars in revenue that we can track, and we can say it's all because we embrace this philosophy that that daggone Marcus Sheridan guy
0: taught us about. Wow, that's pretty ambitious, man. Um, I imagine that would keep you awake at night, yeah, because a lot of clients, a lot of clients are just really bad at executing, yeah.
1: I think, well, absolutely, but it's because we never really take the time to teach them how they themselves expect to be treated when they have an online experience. You know, it's almost like, and this might sound like religious to some, but I don't really care. All I try to do is help businesses see that they need to do unto others as they themselves would want that business to do unto them so in a moment let me give you a a perfect example of what i'm talking about because I, i can't miss this this is too important um if, if I go on a website, if you go on a website, and we're researching how much something costs, and you can't find it, the emotion you experience is frustrated. That's mm-hmm. 100% of the people in the world, right? I yep. feel frustrated. And the reason why you feel frustrated is because it's your right to know. It's like you have a question, you want to know, and if you can't find it, you don't dig further, you move on to the next website, you're gone, and you don't come back, you don't call them, boom. Well, what's crazy about this is, I say this, but… Over 90% of all businesses in the world Troy don't address the question of cost and price on their own website. Mm. And so they're all hypocrites. Mm. Now that's a strong word. I used to be a hypocrite too until I realized it ain't about me and me controlling the conversation as a business. What I'm obsessed with is I want to have a commune, a communion experience with the web visitor. You know, in 2009 when I embraced content marketing Troy I wrote an article, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? Okay, Mm -hmm. Five years ago, do you know how many swimming pool companies in the world had addressed the question, how much does a fiberglass pool cost on their website? Not many. (laughs) Not a freaking one, bro. And the reason is because just like every other person that's listening, they're afraid of the competition, they're afraid to scare people away, They were afraid to be backed into a corner. All these things, right? It's all the same. All businesses, just B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. So I said, forget that, man. Our rule is they ask, we answer. I'm going to write this. Well, to make a long story short, as soon as we wrote it, Google freaked out because somebody finally addressed the question. And so anytime today, five years later, you type in fiberglass pool cost, how much does a fiberglass pool cost, what's the price of a fiberglass pool, you know, fiberglass pool price ranges, it's the first article you're going to read, it led to Literally thousands and thousands of visitors. It led to hundreds of sales appointments. And because we use advanced analytics like HubSpot, I can tell you that that one single article, since we wrote it in 2009, has made us over two and a half million dollars in sales. Wow. That we otherwise would not have gotten had we not addressed the question, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? And what's crazy, Troy, is we never said how much a fiberglass pool costs. We explained why it depends. What are the options? What are the variables? What's going to drive it up? What's going to drive it down? Maybe what's the baseline number? But we didn't put a specific number because you can't. Because the answer for ninety-nine percent of businesses, it depends. depends. My point is, you can't be an ostrich with your head in the sand. You got to address this stuff.
0: I totally you got gr- to
1: be the one that's transparent.
0: Man, I totally agree, hundred percent. It's like I'm always, I'm always, I always want to talk about the elephant in the room. Like no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room, bro. Right? There's a freaking elephant it. in the
1: room. I want to talk about the elephant. Dude, that's awesome. Well, I uh, give you another example of that. I love how you think. You know, and I'm just going to use pools as an example, but I have all types of examples, and especially with my clients, but I'll just use pools cuz it's easy. People use ask me all the time, "Okay, Marcus, so what are the problems of the fiberglass pool?" Right? And so that's what they do cuz they talk to a concrete pool builder, concrete builder, builders ripping on fiberglass. And so what would happen is I said to myself, "You know, I keep answering this question. Nobody's addressed this in the world on their website. I wrote an article." Or we wrote an article, what are the problems of the fiberglass pool? That article made us over a half a million dollars in additional revenue. So if you search for any problem with a fiberglass pool, whether it's our fiberglass pool is cheap, our fiberglass pool is too skinny, our fiberglass do fiberglass pools pop out of the ground, do they crack? All these things, you're going to come to something that we talked about that's an evergreen piece of content that to this day is making money. Wow,
0: that's awesome. Uh, what do you do when you're not working man? How do you stay balanced?
1: Um, I, um, I've got four, uh, children and I've got an amazing <laughs> wife. And this morning I got up at five thirty in the morning. My son and I went deep sea fishing for three and a half hours this morning. And so by the time it was ten thirty, I'd had a full rich day experience, you know, wow. with my son. That's awesome. And, uh, then I worked for four hours after that. And so you, you understand what I'm saying? I break it up. I break it up. I work out. Exactly one hour every single day at between 10 and 11 o'clock at night on my elliptical, and I do that so that it doesn't take away from family time, and I do that so that I can maintain the weight that I am, which is about 188 pounds, which I've maintained that weight now for probably within three or four pounds for you know 15 years, Mm -hmm. and um, so so that's me. I and of course me, I go to church every Sunday as well which mm-hmm. most people don't do these days but I believe that you got to have spiritual you got to have physical you have mental you have to have emotional mm-hmm. and other thing because I travel around the world now troy I always try to bring at least one family member a child my, my oldest daughter my son or my wife on these trips wow. my son by the time he's 16 he'll be one of the most traveled 16 year olds in the
0: entire world that's awesome this is this is JT yeah yeah. Now, I'm, I'm just looking at your blog now, man. You got you got the picture there of Pink, <laughs> Danielle, JT, and Larson. It's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing right now in the business, what would it be?
1: I think I would I would have all the right people in the bus on the right seat. Yeah. You know, for you know, just to give you an example, and I'm just gonna say this out loud. Right now, I'm looking for a full time developer
0: mm-hmm.
1: that can do WordPress and can do Um, design on the HubSpot uh, platform, which is, they call it a COS, which is kind of a cheesy name for their way of saying their platform. Mm -hmm. Um, But for example, I've been searching for a month. I haven't found anybody, you know what I'm saying? And I've got a huge demand because the sales line brand is so, it's getting so big. I can't possibly keep up with demand. So I got a shortage on employees. If I had a magical wand, whenever I wanted to order a great employee,
0: I would just order it up, man. and be right there. Yeah, have it home delivered. Tell me about the HubSpot relationship because you're a HubSpot consultant now, right?
1: I was their first customer that wasn't in the marketing space that became a partner. And what basically that means is people will buy HubSpot underneath me or through me. It costs the same, but we get a basically like a commission, affiliates, sure. yep. or whatever you want to look at it. Yep. And um, it's an amazing relationship because, because they have... They did amazing things with my swimming pool company. And in turn, I've done amazing things for their brand because they've used me kind of like as their poster boy, like the river pool story. And of course, I've spoken at their conference every single year. And um, uh, my book that's coming out in 2015, there's an entire chapter on HubSpot simply because HubSpot changed my life, you know. And I believe, here's the deal, bro. It amazes me that you've got all these people embracing content marketing and all this jazz, but yet they're not measuring the results. They can't sit there and say, I made two and a half million dollars on one single article. Well, why not? Because they're using stinking Google Analytics, which is fine, but Google Analytics ain't going to tell you how much money you made with your content marketing efforts. Right? And so unless you have a more advanced tool like a HubSpot, a Marketo, an Eloqua, a Pardot, something like that, you've got to be able to track it back to the campaign, back to the article, back to the tweet, back to the Facebook post, whatever that was, that way that particular platform gets the credit.
0: Mm. HubSpot is kind of enterprise level. No, 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 not at all.
1: No. In fact, they're trying to kind of move upstream, but they're more small to medium size. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it would be kind of like you have Infusionsoft. Yep. And then you would have HubSpot and HubSpot's kind of there with Marketo. Yep. And then, you know, um, right now Markel and Eloqua are leaning more towards enterprise, but they're kind of, they're trying to come downstream. It's funny. Everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other
0: side. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, Okay, let's talk a little bit more about um, the sales line stuff. I want to talk specifically about content marketing. People, I don't, I don't blog as much as I should. And I know I don't. I, we podcast, we blog every week, we podcast every week. But I don't produce as much content as I should. And I, I think I know why. And I want and I know a lot of our audience are the same. It's because we're afraid that people... See, I've written some blog posts before. I think this is going to change the world. This is going to go viral. And no one gives a rat's right? I mean, I hear crickets. And then I've written something that's just off the cuff, a throwaway comment that gets like a whole bunch of traction. I'm like... Really, that's like the most boring thing I've ever written. I think people are afraid of the rejection or afraid of being ignored. How do you get over that and just produce content and and let go of the kind of expectation of the result?
1: You know, that's a really interesting question. It's a difficult question. I think, first of all, let me just say that I think social media has been the death of more blogs, more great writers, more great potential content marketers than maybe anything else because it creates a, a nasty, nasty animal of, okay, I just want to get one comment on my blog. Wow, oh, I got a comment. I just want to get five comments. Oh, I got five comments. I want to get 50 comments on my next article. <laughs> I want to get 100 comments on my next article. Eventually, you're killing yourself and all you're doing is you're writing so that you get comments, not so that you get business. Mm. And There's a very, very big difference oftentimes between what moves the needle socially versus what moves the needle financially for your business because what moves the needle financially oftentimes isn't romantic, isn't incredibly shareable, but it just happens like, you know, that article about how much does a fiberglass pool cost? It's been read over a half a million times, and I think it's been liked once or twice on Facebook, it's been tweeted once or twice. <laughs> like come on. How is that possible? It's possible because social doesn't mean jack In the fiberglass swimming pool industry. I'm not saying social is bad. I mean, I use it on the sales line all day long, you know, but my point is we we cannot worship it and we cannot allow it to dictate what we're doing. You know, a long time ago, Seth Godin was ripped for turning off comments on his blog. And he said, I'm not going to keep comments on because what I don't want to have happen is I don't want the readers. The commenters specifically, not necessarily reviews, the commenters, to dictate what I'm writing about and how I write, and everybody thought that was crazy at the time, dude. That was way forward thinking. Mm. Because, do you realize how many people get caught up in writing for comments? It's shocking, and it's and it's and it's an empty number, right? It's a false metric. It'll never be a KPI, and it'll never be a key performance indicator for. Pretty much any business in the world, man. It's vanity metrics, yep. and we got to be careful about those. And we got to ask ourselves: even if this never got read, is it going to benefit me for producing the thing? And if the answer is yes, then we probably need to do it.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. That is the best advice I think, because it is. It's. I mean, it, we've all got egos, and I know when I produce content, if we don't get comments and we don't get interaction. I kind of think, wow, man, what, you know, like how can we make something more interesting and more engaging? And I, it's, it's a wake-up call for me. I think I need to get over that kind of attachment to that ego stroke and just produce content for the sake of the fact that it is helping me clarify my position on things. Do you know how many businesses,
1: Troy, have gone broke on engagement? They are so busy playing around on Pinterest and Instagram <laughs> that they forgot that they had to go make payroll. Now, I, I'm, that doesn't mean, I'm going to stress, it doesn't mean you can't turn those into profit generating areas. Mm. But I have seen people that are amazing on these platforms. I've seen people speak on these platforms at conferences and they can't even pay their bills mm. because they're so worried about the social side of things mm. that they. Don't have a business. A blog is not a business. Mm. A business is a business. Mm. A blog at this point is just a way of organizing educational articles or thought leadership articles on a website. It's all a blog is. Mm. You know, the way that we use the word blog today is not the way that we're going to use it in 10 years. Mm. It's not at all. So, like you said to me a minute ago, Troy, you said, I blog all the time. You won't say that in 10 years. Mm. You won't call it that. You won't call it that. You know, you might say I publish. You might say all these different things, but you won't. In fact, we it, no CEO in the world has ever developed a relationship with the word blog. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't, it doesn't, because we use the word, yeah, that's it right. dumbs it down. Yeah. Yeah. It dumbs it down. I know I was at a conference recently where this one lady was going off because she was like, don't call us mommy bloggers because we're not mommy bloggers we have real businesses i'm like well you started off calling yourselves mommy bloggers and that was the name of a lot of your conferences and you still say that you're blogging and until you start saying you're digital publishers you're going to be viewed as mommy bloggers i said you need to change your language you start to change your language you can start to be seen differently in terms of the way the marketplace views you People think words don't matter. Words freaking matter. Messaging matters. Branding matters. All these things matter.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly. Great advice, man. I love it. Hey, uh, we should do the elevation round. We are on a tight time schedule here. So our elevation round, for those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program to help WordPress consultants build a business. So I'm going to ask Marcus a series of quick questions here about freelancing and consulting. Just off the top of your head, what's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know?
1: They need to know that the more that they immediately just agree with the business, the less respect they're going to have from said business, and the lower their pricing point is going to be with that business. I am not paying you to agree with me. I am paying you to help me understand your vision, why it's actually more effective, and that makes your prices a premium versus like everybody else. Because everybody else is going to say, sure, I can do whatever you want. I want you to tell me why I shouldn't do what I want but I need you to do it in a way that makes me say dang, he's right.
0: That is awesome advice, man. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Far and away the number
1: it's not even close. Far and away the number one lead generating um, uh, activity that I have is speaking and presenting. Yeah. And it's if you get a room of qualified business owners and you're teaching them principles, say of design, like I I crush it, man. The reason why I said I'm looking for so much help is because let me give you an example of what I do, Troy. What I will do is I will I, I, I meet with groups of business owners and I say, Okay, we're gonna look at your websites. And as soon as I say that, everybody in the room just kind of sinks, right? (laughs) They're like gut, like just sinks down. And I said, now this is what I'm going to divide the room in half. And this is great, Troy. And I would recommend anybody, you can go ahead and steal this, call it your own, right? Because truth is truth. I don't own it. And this is a cool activity. this will make somebody on this, listening to your podcast a lot of money because it's made me more than than six digits um, this past year. And that is, you can, if you go into a room... And you say, I'm going to divide everybody in two groups. I want this half of the room, as soon as I show the homepage of this website, I want you to to tell me the problem that they solve. Because that's all you care about is your problem. So I want you to tell me the problem they solve. First half of the room. I want the second half of this room, this side of the room, I want you to immediately tell me within three seconds of looking at this website, what is the emotion that you experience? Cheap, happy, colorful. You know, unprofessional, whatever it is, I want you to say it. You have to be honest. I'm telling you, Choi. I do that, and by the end, everybody wants to make a change.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, how do you stop competing on price? You may have already answered that question.
1: Yeah, <laughs> stop agreeing with everybody. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing. See your, uh, see yourself. See, you know, it is. It is scary when you have three companies that are priced the exact same. Mm. You do not want to be. I use, as my host, hopefully I can say this it won't bother anybody. Of course, man. I used to use Hostgator. They sucked <laughs> and they kept dying and my site went down over and over again. They don't sponsor this, do they? No. Good. Okay. And then I said to myself, Marcus, you've got essentially at this point, a multi-million dollar business. Why are you going to allow your site to go down, you ding-dong? Never allow it to go down again. You need a new host. And so I found WP Engine. Now, if you go to WP Engine, bro, and if you go to their pricing page, they come out and they say, we're going to be one of the most expensive WordPress hosts. And here's why. Because you can't afford to go down. You ain't going to go down. You can't afford to have problems. You ain't going to have problems. And they go down the list and they say, this is why we're expensive. And I'm like, I want you, WP Engine. I'm happy to pay a hundred and some dollars a month for freaking hosting all day long. I will pay that because I cannot afford to go down. They told me they were more expensive than everybody else. And immediately I said, I want you. I'm in love with you, WP Engine.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're preaching to the converted. We are big WP Engine users, and absolutely, I mean, that, 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 absolutely, you're yeah, absolutely right. I agree wholeheartedly. Not just about WP Engine, but being premium, offering a better service, and being premium and charging a premium accordingly. You can embrace, you can
1: embrace it, bro, or you can be embarrassed of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, any tips on writing better? Pro- any tips on writing better proposals?
1: Hmm, better proposals. Yeah, so um, your your proposals should look like a storyboard, oh, nice. and less is more. So you should, have, you should have less text, very concise, powerful statements specifically about their problems, right, specifically about their problems. Wow. And it should, like I said, if you have a proposal that doesn't, like our proposals are almost like, they look like a PowerPoint presentation is what yeah. they look like. Yeah, yeah. Mega, major image, just a little bit of text, mm-hmm. right? Less is more.
0: I like it a lot. Uh, do you have a favorite tool for CRM? I think I know the answer to this question.
1: Yeah, that would be HubSpot, especially because they now have their own CRM.
0: Yep, love it. Uh, for small what's... to
1: medium sized businesses that aren't embedded in Salesforce, that's who I would use. Yeah,
0: sweet. What's the best way to keep a project on track?
1: Uh, you got to have, you know, the fact of the matter is, usually we, we don't write down um, our uh, mile markers, right? Our 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 goal markers. Mm-hmm. And we don't have somebody holding us accountable. Dude, I like constantly have people holding me accountable. Constantly. I tell all my employees, no, I want you to bug me. Because I'll forget. So that's major.
0: I like it. Um, uh, what? Uh, any ideas for getting referrals? Um. Oh, man.
1: This is... <laughs> I mean, I don't have any sexy answers for that at all. You just gotta be awesome. I think you know the biggest thing about referrals. No, what I've what I found is you have to be really likable as a person. Yeah. yeah like yeah, you yeah. might do a good job as a business, but if you suck as a person, like yeah. if you're not fun, if you're yeah. not likable, yeah. you stink.
0: So I find likable people really get a lot of referrals. It's funny. I asked Greg Taylor this yesterday from Marketing Press, and he said, "Do good work and don't be a dick." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself from everyone else out there?
1: You know, Seth Godin calls that a purple cow, right? Mm. And I think the easiest purple cow that we have today, because sometimes when people think about, oh, geez, I got to think of something wildly creative. No, you don't. Be more honest and transparent than anybody in the world in yeah, your space. That period. Is... Talk about the good, the bad. And the ugly. If somebody comes to you and says, why should I choose WordPress over Joomla? Your answer isn't, well, here's the reasons why. You say, well, truth is, Joomla might be a better fit for you. And that's the first statement. Now, that's not the last one, but that's the first one, Troy. And the moment you say that, I'm going to lean in, I'm going to listen now. Before, I was going to lean back and protect myself. Yeah. Now I'm going to mm-hmm. lean in because I know that you're in it for me and not for yourself.
0: That is awesome advice. Uh, I know we're on a tight time schedule, so I'm gonna let you go. But first of all, um, the quick competition announcement. So we're giving away a copy of Utility by Jay Baer, Um, And in order to enter this competition, leave a comment underneath the video and tell Marcus the number one challenge you have when customers want something on their website that you know just does not make sense, yeah?
1: Yeah, what is the number one thing they request that you say? Oh no. No, no, no. And of course I'd love to know how they convinced them not to do that thing.
0: Yeah, like back in the in the, in the early 2000s it was the flaming logo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> flaming logos. It's uh, awesome. Awesome. Hey um thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast. Um final question uh actually two final questions. Where can people reach out and say thanks?
1: Yeah, a couple things. I do have a podcast. It's called Mad Marketing, Mad Marketing. It's a uh, it's fun times. It's just me riffing away on everything that comes to my mind in that moment. It gets really, really crazy. You can email me personally at marcus1 at the sales line, or you can email my whole company at marcus at the sales line. So, Marcus, the number one, marcus1 at the sales You can see me at the I am at the sales line on Twitter, and I've got a free ebook that's over 200 pages called Inbound and Content Marketing Made Easy. It took me two years to write. It's wow. at the sales line. It's a super simple download. It's right there for you. And so hopefully you'll check it out.
0: Sweet. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. Uh, that will be at wplevation.com slash Marcus Sheridan. Final question. Who would you like me to interview on this podcast and why?
1: That was cool. I would, you know, one guy that I think is really, really good that has real world experience is a guy named Ryan Hanley. You ever heard of him? Ryan Hanley. No. He has a podcast called Content Warfare. And um, he, I think he's a big time up and comer and I would recommend him.
0: All right, Ryan Hanley, courtesy of Marcus Sheridan. I'm coming to get you. Keep your eyes in your inbox. Hey man, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast. I wish you all the best for the future.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, bro. Thanks, man.
0: Well, I hope you're as exhausted as I am after that episode with Marcus Sheridan. Man, that dude moves at 100 miles an hour and has got lots of awesome good things to say. What I really like about Marcus is he's not scared to actually put his opinion out there and call it as it is, which I think most of us suffer that, you know, trying to be polite and trying to please everyone all the time. Uh, You know, the big takeaway for me here is don't agree with everyone. People People are not paying you for you to agree with them. If, I mean, you know, if they are paying you to agree with them, they're not gonna be paying you very much. They're paying you to challenge them and actually tell them what they should be doing because you are the expert. You know more about this than they do. So that's a huge takeaway for me. Um, And also, you know, there's a freaking elephant in the corner. Let's talk about it. Uh, I love that moment. All right. Of course, this episode brought to you by VideoUserManuals.com. I'm not going to go on about that anymore. Just uh, go to VideoUserManuals.com and check out how you can stop wasting time teaching your clients how to use WordPress. Subscribe to this podcast at WPElevation.com slash subscribe. And we'll drop an email in your inbox every Thursday morning with a link to the latest episode to keep you up to date and up to speed and keep you elevating in your WordPress consulting business. Everything about this particular episode, all the show notes and links you can find at wpelevation.com slash Marcus Sheridan. No spaces, no hieroglyphics, no underscores or hyphens, um, and it's spelt how it sounds, M-A-R-C-U-S-S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N. Leave a comment underneath this video and tell Marcus the number one thing your clients request that make you cringe, and you get bonus points for telling us how you talk them out of it. And you could win a copy of Jay Bear's latest book, Utility, uh, which we will send to you. I have no idea who next week's guest is. Let me just have a quick look. In fact, I think this is... This, actually, this is, if I'm correct, uh, this is the first episode of the year. Happy 2015. I'll let you know a little secret. It's actually 2014 right now where I'm shooting this. It's December fourth that'll give you an idea of kind of how far we are ahead with the podcast so this should be going live on the 8th of january 2015 if it all goes well which means next week we have dave hecker on the podcast Uh, so stick around for that get on over to i'm not going to tell you anything about dave hecker i'm going to make you wait for it but i promise you it is worth the wait Uh, get on over to itunes and leave us a five-star review if you like what we're doing it helps us come up in the search results i hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as i'm enjoying making it In a couple of episodes, we'll be in a brand new office, so this scenery behind me might change a bit. Hey, until next week, I've been Troy Dean, and I will be Troy Dean again next week. So until then, go elevate.